Hello and welcome to the Cod Majors Podcast. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we're looking at the 2018 Ryan Coogler Marvel mega blockbuster Black Panther. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? I'm being a little bit boring uh, this this week, and I'm going with polar uh, seltzer, orange nope. vanilla seltzer. My nope. throat has been bothering me a little bit, so... If you just put a little uh, little yeah. vo- vodka with that, you could have yourself like a little creamsicle <clears throat> drink there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually very good. It's in fact, I have like literally ninety five percent bottle of that whipped cream vodka I bought yeah, for that for, horrific uh, uh, Harry Potter drink I made. So yeah. maybe I could just ship it to you. And that you just could have sounded that. disgusting. It had like, oh, it fluff. was probably the most foul. Thing I've ever consumed. The marshmallow was, fluff getting mixed into the drink was sounded so disgusting. Uh, it was not good at all. In fact, I almost went into like diabetic shock. I think <laughs> drinking it. it made me. It made my stomach feel like disgusting. It was pure sugar. Uh, I am drinking Miller Lite this week in solidarity with my favorite light beer after it was besmirched by Bud Light in the Super Bowl commercial. Um, so I felt the need to support. Yeah. Um, Miller Lite, which I, I mean, feel Bud Light's is always had great commercials, but it's always yeah. it, it, it's never the been beer as just good doesn't as, match up. No, nah, it's never been as good as Miller Lite. Uh, so there we go. All right, uh, fact check. A uh, couple things from last week's show. Thankfully, we are still here because if you l- listen to last week's show uh, <laughs> when we were doing the sign, the apocalypse grows near. I actually created a potential apocalyptic event by saying that there was a smallpox outbreak as opposed to (laughs) measles. Uh, It created almost a Stephen King-like stand. I I was glad to to see that this confirmed just how few people listen to us, uh, that there was no real fear uh, globally. Yeah, we got no one coming out of the woodwork being like, hey, guys, easy with the smallpox. Yeah, there is no smallpox. Though about every other, every second or third military thriller I read per year has some kind of weaponized smallpox uh, as the... uh, main villain's plan of ending the world. Sure, sure. Also, I believe it was the second season of 24 uh, uh, that used this weaponized... Well, Stephen King uh, it was Captain Trips. It wasn't... Uh, it, and it was like a flu. It wasn't like a, a pox, if that... Yeah, <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, measles <clears throat> are continuing yeah. to be on the rise, though. That part that is has, true. That my is my true. comments on the stupidity of the people stands. The disease... Does Valid. not stand. Yeah. Invalid. A uh, couple other fact checks. Remember we did Groundhog Day um, last week uh, as our film and everybody was excited. Punxsutawney Phil mm-hmm. um, did not see his shadow. So that is that is a good thing. Um, I'm sure he is, uh, of course, always correct. Uh, there is going to be a Groundhog Day sequel in the works. No. Thankfully, though, thankfully, it is not a movie. It is actually going to be a virtual reality game. You know yeah. how they've started to create these? Yes. Uh, there's a Darth Vader one that's coming out, I believe. Really? Yeah. Uh, and in the v- uh, virtual reality game, if you have a virtual reality helmet, which I don't know anybody who does. Um, but expensive. you could Yeah. You could be Phil Connors Jr., the son of Andy McDowell and Bill Murray's uh, characters. And you relive a, d- a day over and over again in Punxsutawney. Um, okay. trying to learn that lesson. So you can, if you are a huge, um, groundhog day fan and have a lot of disposable income and own a VR helmet 
And some reason you've been saying I need to live uh, Groundhog Day. You can live Groundhog Day. Um, now, Jim, your homework, uh, you weren't 100 percent sure on this, was um, to pick a day if you wanted to relive it. You wanted to think about it. Have you uh, decided on a day you would like to relive? <clears throat> um, we I, I, I kind of spoke to Katie about this because we were we were both like in agreement that like our the best days have been like um, vacation days. And, and I, I think we went with a day in Italy where uh, which is kind of funny because we, we sort of relive those days almost as if uh, all of them happened the same day in retrospect, you know how that, they that blur goes. it all together right. into one. So it was hard to say exactly what, but it involved a lot of wine drinking, some I'm sure really good food and and uh, gelato and Italy. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. All right. There you go. Perfect. Um, and just a quick fact check. Like the the HTC Vive, which is the the uh, you know one of the bigger um, virtual reality headsets, like their their standard system, I think will only set you back like 500. The yeah, Oculus Rift is like 349. That, okay. And then the, the but the the Vive has like a like super systems that are like seven ninety nine, and then there's one that's like fourteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, but what do you? I mean, you would know better than me. Are there <clears throat> there's just games you play in this? Like, what do you what are you well, doing no, with those, these those helmets? Those things are only like the peripherals. So you need a computer that can process the graphics and everything. Like okay, they so, basically, you're, so you're the, yeah. so the helmet itself is that much. Right. And they take they basically take the place of your monitor, your speakers, okay. and your controller. Okay. That but you so still need your you still a need a pretty pricey. uh powerful computer to run it. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing uh <laughs> but hey listen if people start adopting it we will bring a uh com majors uh to that platform. Yeah. Katie typed we, in chat, wine, pasta, vineyards, little castle town, wild boar, uh, pasta, and truffles. So Wild boar? Did you, like, chase the wild no, boar? No, Katie, Katie ordered it? wild boar pasta. Oh, a, okay. I thought you were restaurant. chasing a wild boar or something. All right. Hey, great. So that sounds like fun. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, we were talking about this last week. I started my AFI Top 100 viewing. Yeah. Uh, and I selected North by Northwest, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock classic. Tremendous film, Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you've never seen it. Uh, really a timeless movie. And the tension, the wet, well, Hitchcock does things was amazing. You see these movies that were shot. I mean, they definitely feel of the time they were shot. But mm -hmm. you get it, it, this one in particular <clears throat> was so well done that you lose track of the fact the cars are older and all this type of yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, but it was highly recommend. So that's one off the list there. And that is fact check for the week. And now it is time uh, to talk our first Marvel movie on the show ever, Black Panther. Uh, yeah. Jim, why don't you give us a little background on what Black Panther is all about? Black Panther uh, follows uh, T'Challa, our uh, basically king of um, Wakanda, uh, a fictional African nation, which uh, to the outside world would appear to be um, a third world type country. Um, but hidden under Wakanda is a chunk of, uh, um, Ryan, I'm going to space on the name of oh, the uh, oh. of the metal. Vibranium? Um, vibranium. I actually yeah. brought my... 
uh, official Black Panther opening night vibranium coin for <laughs> nice. today's episode. Yeah, so, and, and vibranium is what Cap, Captain America's shield's made of. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, and, and so what we learn is that, I guess, millions of years ago, a chunk of vibranium asteroid or whatever flying around the universe smashed into Africa and is underground. It's huge, gigantic. Um, but really, it's uh, Wakanda is the only place in the world this very, very precious metal can yes. be mined. And so they have a hidden society that is basically um, futuristic. They, they've been able to advance science, medicine, weaponry, all kinds of things in Wakanda um, because of this metal. Yes, the, um, the most advanced society in the world, yeah, in the Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah. So While it's... everyone else in the world looks like, you know, regular New York City yeah. and, you know, what we expect today, Wakanda kind of looks like something out of Blade Runner. Looks, yeah, like a nice Blade Runner, though. <laughs> right, like yeah, like sunny, a beautiful, beautiful Blade there's Runner. There's not robot yeah. prostitutes right, and right. dead people in the But street there are everywhere. flying cars and, you know, yes. there's flying things like that. Um, and the medicine is incredible. Um, and so this movie follows the, you know, Black Panther is always the the leader of Wakanda, which is uh, a group of what? Four, four tribes, um, four. So there's a bunch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. Yes. And uh, the basically there's this uh, the vibranium caused this magic flower to grow which when consumed by a human basically gives them superhuman strength, agility. Um, it makes them basically a super soldier. Basically you could, you could say it's, it's, you know, T'Challa is basically a, a captain America type strength and, and everything. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's our hero uh, for this movie played by Chadwick Boseman, who's amazing. Um, and in this film, we're basically following, um, his struggle with the Wakanda being a secret nation and someone comes back from uh, basically his father's past and basically usurps the throne from him. Um, I'm sure this is analogous to some Shakespearean <laughs> uh, thing that Isn't I'm not. everything? Yeah, everything. I, I'm sure Katie would probably know, but I am not. I have not read <laughs> Shakespeare it, it, aspects of yeah. Uh, yeah of everything and, and right, tied right, into right, that. Right. Uh, this is a Ryan Coogler film. Uh, who do, who did Creed, of course, that right. we've talked about already. Uh, Michael B. Jordan from Creed as well uh, is the villain, Killmonger, in it. Mm -hmm. uh, this film is a 2018 Academy Award nominee for Best Picture. Um, I'm going to just say I really like this film. I don't know if I think of it in the annals of Best Picture picture nominee uh i think there's some reason i thought the film was very well done i i, I love ryan coogler um i think he's unbelievable you know unbelievable as mm -hmm. we'll talk about in this but but for a marvel movie this was a great marvel movie i thought oh yeah and i this... love marvel movies yeah uh but i think that this and we'll talk about it in terms of the production and everything it, there's something slightly different to this now for those of you who are not in the Marvel world and, but have maybe really seen black Panther because it was really a cultural phenomenon last year when it was yeah. released in terms of amount of money it made. Obviously it's a best picture nominee. Black Panther was originally, um, 
introduced in Captain America Civil War in which his father was killed. And we and they kind of allude to that at the beginning of this mm-hmm. uh, film. And I, I, you know, this is a separate film, but I thought he was the character uh, of Black Panther was maybe the highlight of Captain America Civil War, the scenes that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting in the sense that that stuff was filmed, you know, as Ryan Coogler was developing the film. And it seemed... Uh, like a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually took the character and made him even more interesting right. uh, in this film. This a really, this is, this is a film that, um, has a, a really intriguing lead character, but what some of the Marvel films fall flat in sometimes that this one doesn't is it has a villain that's actually maybe the most interesting character in the film by and, far the most interesting villain in all the marvel yes. universe and including and, thanos to me yes and uh also um interesting very interesting supporting characters and in particular right. women characters which yes. tend to get shortchanged a lot though right. they're in the marvel universe is better than certainly some action franchises and yeah, having yeah. women Absolutely. engaged um so ryan coogler takes this on and why don't we just talk about general things in the film that stood out um and then we'll kind of talk about some of the themes that ryan coogler just likes to use in his films yeah. in general that have really played out in this right. what are some so, of the things that you really liked as for, you watched this movie? for one this was not um <clears throat> With the MCU in particular, most I would say most of the films have been telling a portion of the story that is leading to Infinity War, right? Like I, I think most, Cer- yeah, certainly the 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 <clears throat> the last batch of them have right. all been designed with that in mind. And and I think for me, the ones that stand out, Winter Soldier and Black Panther, sort of tell a different story. Um, they don't fall outside the MCU, obviously, but they are not trying to advance the plot of another. Um, and so what I think the real artistry here is that they tell their own story. They have their own themes that are, I think, are intrinsic to uh, the characters and very important. But they also serve the larger MCU. Well, uh, yeah, and I think neither of them were in design necessarily a superhero movie it's there i mean in in terms of i think uh, captain america winter soldier is my favorite of them series um i think it's it's slightly but i think it's better than black panther though i think black panther is right up there Mm -hmm. but you're right i think the winter soldier has this very kind of 70s um, you know, all the president men kind of government right. vibe, you know, where and they play with that and use the action. Mm-hmm. And Black Panther is similar in the sense that it is really more of a movie about identity and it is Shakespearean. Right. But they do it. I think it's almost <clears throat> kind of what maybe they almost wanted to do with Thor originally. Like yeah. if you remember the original Thor and they d- did not pull that off, Thor was OK. Certainly nowhere near as good as this movie. though. Right, right. And I think this movie really deals with like legacy. There's a lot of father son stuff here. There's a lot of, um, you know, what type of man, what type of king you will be. There's a there's a little bit of that going on. Um, 
and and I really enjoyed that. I it, it's got great actors, by the way. The acting in oh, this yes. movie is w- way better than most. I mean, if we had to put the the MCU on a scale, I think the overall average of all the acting in Black Panther puts it above pretty much all other movies in the MCU. Yeah, and I think part of that is <clears throat> part of the issue. And obviously there was green screen in this one. There always is. But it felt somewhat like the the key elements of green screen were maybe a little bit less than some of them. Um, Except it parts the end. But I thought this somewhat the same with Winter Soldier as well, which I liked about it. There was a lot more um, practical filming in it. Like I loved Infinity War, but almost I want to say I feel like 80 percent of Infinity War was like fake backgrounds. Well, I also think that this movie um, has a lot of space for the the in between interesting conversations where acting can shine. Yeah, I, I, honestly, interestingly, I thought the worst part of this film uh, was some of the CGI. <laughs> And stuff like that. Yeah. Like, the, honestly, the end, and we get the, we'll jump around here, but the end when Killmonger and Black Panther fight and they're both in the suits, I thought that was bad CGI. And I, I, I did not movie. love that I scene. Just, I, thought it, I thought the CGI was just not good. I also it, didn't like them falling and punching each other in the air. Like, Yeah, I, I just, that was a weird um, choice. There are some really um, great production design stuff in this film yes. in terms of, the costuming, um, obviously the way they make Wakanda look with some of the special effects, but also I thought the way they shot the real African landscape yeah. was really – they showed and, it big and bold and, and it's wide you know, and you're seeing all of it, which I really liked. Oh, and then the ethereal plane, that, that was beautiful, yeah. amazing. The lighting of and all the, that. Uh, the reminiscent of like of like Kill Bill, the uh, – the fight in the uh, the casino. Well, there yeah, there's a couple of sequences in this movie which I think really place this um, as a top tier action film. Yeah. Uh, here's a couple of them. One, the opening jungle sequence when he kind of jumps in. You know, it's the introduction to Black Panther, and he yes. jumps out and he lands. And uh, there was some practicality in that. It almost had kind of like a Jurassic Park vibe when he's in, it, surrounded by the jungle, and he's almost like a dinosaur where the jeeps are flying around. Yeah, he and was hunting them. He was clearly hunting them, and you get the feeling of like he's like a cross between like Wolverine and James Bond at that point because he's got these gadgets, but he's also just like. He's got this animalistic, like, attack style of fighting, which is really cool. And I liked the James – I loved the James vibe, James Bond vibe. And, oh, yeah. it, and he really plays it in what I thought was a great casino sequence, which <clears throat> to me is one of the highlights of the film in terms of how they do it. It's not a single shot. It feels like it. You can kind of tell, like um, – I thought similar, actually, to how um, Kugler um, – did the boxing scene we talked about in Creed. Now that was one continuous take. There are a couple of tricks. If you, I mean, you really have to know the tricks and I've like read about it because it was interesting to me in terms of how they cut it. But the, the casino sequence was fantastic. Yeah. And Uh, introducing another character in uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Who, um, 
uh, I forget his character's name, but he he plays the, uh, the CIA, CIA, CIA yeah. agent uh, uh, Ross, Ross, who was who was again introed in Civil War. But what I right. like is um, you didn't necessarily have to see Civil <clears throat> War. No. In this, I thought they did a nice job with that. That's what I thought. Like, I thought, again, I loved Black Panther in Civil War, but the, the intro scene of him coming into the jungle mm-hmm. was, if that was the first time they did it, would have been fantastic. Well, even and before then, that, another thing that I love, the opening sequence that gives you the history of Wakanda itself, artistically, is just so cool. It's just like animation... Uh, I don't even know how to describe that. You know, the one issue I had with that, and I saw it opening (laughs) night, like it was before opening, it was a Thursday night, is they jump into it. And I thought it was maybe just the theater because we were doing an early, I saw an early showing of it. It was like it wasn't supposed to premiere till like eight. And we yeah. I, I was at like a six o'clock showing. I'm like, did they mess up. It like jumps right into yeah. it. There's no lead into it. But I thought they did a great job of laying the groundwork of what the mythology of Wakanda was. Yeah, yeah. Because not necessarily a lot of people know Black Panther. I mean, Black Panther was cutting edge when the character was designed back in the 60s. Right. Quite a risk, by the way, because the the idea of the Black Panther Party in that time period was not something that was mainstream. Right. You, know, you know, if you study the history of that time period, so they took they took a chance on that. But they really, um, I thought they did so well that if we go back to that casino scene, I thought it was a, a cross of almost Marion in James Bond in Raiders, but I also thought of the beginning of um, Temple of Doom. Almost a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, uh, that club scene. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting because we had, when we did Solo, had talked about how their casino sequences were kind of a bad casino royale. You know, it just yeah, yeah. it just wasn't. And this one, I thought, is a really they just uh, they shot it perfectly lit the way they move the camera in and out. And they do. They make them feel like a really cool James Bond. And again, it had that it had that classic spy feel of like there's, you know, so many different parties with different um, different agendas. Agendas. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're all kind of like scheming and and, uh, you know. The the contingent from Wakanda want the vibranium, and Ross wants, yeah, uh, what's his name, Claw, and yeah, uh, yeah I, I just I just loved it. There 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 was he was able to layer it more than a, a typical movie, which would just have <clears throat> bad guy, Black Panther. Again, it it's kind of a Cold War, which is again why I liked um, Winter Soldier as well. You're not quite sure who's in it for what. And uh, I thought that's pretty well played as opposed to a lot of them where it's super villain, bad guy. Right. Um, and, and really the villain, Michael B. Jordan in this only becomes and only has superpowers once he takes over the throne, which is right. really interesting. So it's very rare in these films. You have a non super villain um, really being able to challenge someone. When, and we uh, should just jump right into talking about him because um, he's probably the, the no offense to any of the other actors who do an incredible job. Um, he is the best part of this movie. Um, and, and it might be that he stands out as a villain above all other Marvel villains because he's actually given the opportunity to have a backstory and to have a motivation that is really heartfelt and makes a lot of sense. Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, so the, some background on him. So Killmonger, who's Michael B. Jordan, his father was T'Challa, the Black Panther's uh, uncle. Uh, and the whole idea is within the black Wakanda Black Panther world is they would send out spies to different parts around the world. And um, Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger's dad, had become fallen in love with a woman in America. It was in Oakland, which Ryan Coogler picked because he is from Oakland. Uh, and that's why they picked it. Also, the time period where Oakland was not very good when he was growing up. So it fit the narrative of what mm-hmm. was happening. Um, but his father starts stealing weapons and, you know, hired Claw to steal vibranium, uh, which was a major, obviously, violation to let an outsider know of Wakanda and what it is. And we find out that, you know, as the film goes on, he was killed for that. And right. Michael B. Jordan was left to his in own Oakland. accord. Yeah. Yeah. In Oakland. Um, and it sets up, I think, what I like about this, and I'm sure all, you know, everybody sits down when they make these movies and they always say it's, well, it's more about <laughs> than about the action sequences and the things like that. But this is a very Ryan Coogler film in terms of if you've seen his other films, in terms of the idea of the theme of identity, the idea of father and son. And again, he's playing that and he played it in a really interesting way in Creed. Um where you have the major character who had never met the father. Right. And, you know, was trying to not be that, was rejecting that. Right, right. And then you have two characters in here in Black Panther who is not rejecting his father, knew his father, his father was <laughs> his everything, and he wants to emulate his father. Right. And you have another in, in Killmonger who didn't have that relationship because it was stolen from him. And he believes he's carrying on the legacy of what his father is. So I thought it was interesting. It was kind of very different dynamic than what he tackled with Creed. Right. And and the motives are, and, and even beyond that, Killmonger doesn't want to just become king of Wakanda. Like, that's not, his, that's not his end goal. He wants to become king so that he can then help the poor and disenfranchised um, black people all over the world. Um, and that that plays out, um, you know, really interesting uh, in how, um, you know, I think there's a lot of internal strife in Wakanda when we first are introduced about, you know, is it time for them to announce themselves to the world to show what they're capable of um, and, and really step onto the world stages as the most technologically advanced civilization that we have? Well, and um, I think it was interesting. And in, they said <clears> when they were designing this, and, and first of all, not non surprisingly, uh, Ryan Cooler makes some interesting choices. He always does in his behind the you know camera <clears throat> crew. It's always very diverse, um, you know, in terms of production designers and everything. But they said they had to try to figure out what Wakanda would look like because Wakanda was an African nation which had never been touched by slavery. And that's so much the narrative of, you know, the legacy of all these other countries Mm -hmm. and how would that affect their world viewpoint? And, you know, I think that's an interesting counterbalance with Killmonger, you know, who has experienced it. And you even see it, um, you know, in in the role of the female characters, you know, that, you know, the, the that. Wakandan women are so much stronger, held to, I think, a much higher level 
than you see or the respect they have for them than the other characters. You know, even yeah. in the sense that like, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but like <clears throat> Killmonger just kills the woman he was with. Right. He's like, I'm just going to use you, you know, for that. And in essence, he is some part of that world he has lived in, even though he seems to be saying, well, I'm rejecting this. I'm bigger than this. Right. Um, and that counterbalance, which I thought was interesting and in how they played that out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the women in this movie, which we if you've seen Infinity War, you sort of see see it play out and sort of connect all the dots, which, <clears throat> again, I think Coogler does really well is that this movie is part of the MCU and it does have a lot of connections, you know, even like the vibranium and claw and having thrown back to Age of Ultron. And, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of that going on. And then the, you know, showing these strong women. So we have. um Oh, and I always forget the actress's name, but she is from uh, um, The Walking Dead. Yes, um, uh, uh, she. They just announced she's Yara, leaving, right? Yeah, she is. Yes, but she's excellent in it. <clears throat> she's amazing. And she basically and plays Siri, like the Kingsguard. Who is her sister? Yeah, she is basically Jamie Lannister of Wakanda. <laughs> um, she's like the best yeah. fighter. Um, you know, you know, second kind of like protector of the king, right? Yeah, um, she's fantastic. She's known as the best warrior, um, clearly. Uh, and then you have uh, T'Challa's sister Sherry, who is yeah. basically his uh, his Q. Q. Yeah. yeah. So if 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 he is James Bond, she is his Q. She's developing all these insanely cool gadgets for him to use. Um, she gives him a nano suit, which is basically his entire Black Panther suit contained within the uh, the necklace, which yeah, is which awesome. we have seen something similar with like uh, Robert Downey Jr. and mm -hmm. his Iron Man suits and things. Yeah, no, Sh Suri, I think, is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, what, <clears throat> here's the thing. Wakanda is awesome. I mean, yeah. you could, I mean, you'd almost wish like that's a TV series that would interest me. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of these are are very movie based. You could play around in that world. I think a lot. There's a yeah. lot of interesting stories to be told yeah. uh, within that world. And Angela Bassett, uh, as his mom, was great. Yeah. Uh, and Winston Duke, he was the head of the kind of uh, the the mountain tribe. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The, was uh, fantastic. Um, got to. Yeah. Um, and there really was some great things, but you are, I think, ultimately drawn to Michael B. Jordan's yeah, performance yeah. In, in terms of it. And I think just also the idea, the one why this is people saying it should be an Academy Award nominee and stuff like that is the strong sense of two characters who are driven by inner struggle in terms of yeah. who they're going to be and the idea that really the 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 action was great like the car chase through hong kong obviously brilliant the type of stuff yeah, you yeah. expect in movies but the core of the movie comes down to this idea of how does t'challa deal with the ramifications of becoming this king and potentially leading this world and 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 becoming a king when he his perception was his father was this ideal person right and he, he did something that was maybe less than ideal yeah and, he finds and out he, 
all in one swoop of like trying to become the great king his father was and thinking about that and weighing that he finds out well maybe my father wasn't the great king that i thought he was um and so it's really also maybe not a coming of age but a a a learning how to be a leader kind of story right and and i yeah. yeah no sorry um and i just thought it was interesting in the sense that it also tackled some themes that I always find interesting, which is like this idea of um, leadership and the decisions you make at a given time to keep yourself safe, the consequences of that. And in essence, him, you know, trying to cover up that death because what it would have done created ultimately Killmonger, who theoretically is the downfall of Wakanda almost. Yeah. And in, in, to write that and be able to deal with something that heavily in a way where you can't really deal with it. You have to imply it because people are coming to see a Marvel movie. Right, right, They're not right. coming to see something else. And at the same time, Michael B. Jordan's performance and Kugler crafting a character that allowed him to play it in such a way that there is good intention there. But he layers it, you know, with this idea of all I watched it as a history teacher and thinking, well, this guy is Napoleon or he's Stalin or he's Mao or he's Oliver Cromwell. You know, these guys will no, we're going to we've been oppressed and we're going to fight back and we're going to knock down this system. But. They get in charge and what do they They start killing people? Right. Right. Or it's not about any of the lofty ideals when they actually take power. And that's fairly heavy stuff to put in a PG-13 film that you know is going to have a toy line at Target and, (laughs) you know, lunch pails and Halloween costumes and all these things. Um, And and he does it in a way that allows for that to be the foundation of the film. But you can also watch it on the surface level as a kid and you'd be like, oh, my God, look at the costumes, look at the action and you're okay. It made me it makes me really excited for another Black Panther movie. Yes. Um, and and not because I want to see, um, because I think Killmonger really was, and Michael B. Jordan really was the the focus of this story, but I really want them to dive into more into, into Black Panther. And I want to see him being, like, being Black Panther. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see him, um, you know, not in Infinity War doing the whole, like, let's hold... Hold hold the line like thing. Yeah, barely in it. He was barely in <clears throat> yeah. the film, but which is in, fine because yeah. he's you know he's one of the was one of the newer characters. Right, but I think time. I think to your point, like I think there's a lot of story to be had in Wakanda and in, in Africa with Black Panther as sort of the lead, and I think if it does follow that kind of. Um, I don't want to say militaristic, but I think he he this like spy slash you know, um, government and politicking type vibe. I think, I think it's really cool. I I'm, you know, it's, it's one of the ones that's hanging in the air that I'm really intrigued, um, with so much hanging on Avengers Endgame, what the universe looks like when he comes back. Yeah. Um, in terms of hopefully being able to have a film that is allowed to be grounded somewhat, um, 
so they can do that type of film. Because right, I thought right. that was and, and, and to a level, I think that he is obviously kind of the new Captain America in mm-hmm. the way they're setting up the next tier of it. And those films, the best, as we've said, Winter Soldier was based on that type of idea, the paranoia, right. you know, thriller type situation. Uh, the film is beautifully shot, though. Um, very odd uh, for these films. It was a female director of photography. Uh, Rachel Morrison, who was actually the first female ever uh, to be nominated for an Academy Award for cinematography for uh, Mudbound last year. Oh, awesome. So and she shot it beautiful and it looked good. And I thought the <clears throat> soundtrack mix was really interesting. The 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 mix of like hip hop inspired oh, music yeah. and then just the score itself was yep. well done. I listen when you can say the worst thing about a Marvel movie is the CGI that's intriguing. I mean, that's yeah. really, you're, and, and, you know, you're putting something and it wasn't even horrible. I think right. it's just some of it, the standard in those films, especially coming off of, if you look at Thanos in yeah. infinity war, which is a completely CGI and you realize how good that was. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, maybe you're right. Just the shot, you know, yeah, the idea yeah, of them falling I, and clawing. There's no way you can even make that close to viable, you know, right. because him in the costume. So Michael B. Jordan wears kind of almost a leopard like panther costume when he's wearing that fighting outside. It looks, awesome. it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it was just a choice to go inside and background and stuff and they're like doing that. like unnatural things. So it starts to look a little more cheesy and fake. That was an interesting. I, I found that to be an interesting choice. Yeah, um, that. I, I, you know, in terms of I, I know endings are always hard in these types of movies. Yeah. Um, but, but because they, they did some really the again, the car chase through um, the city was mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah. So, I mean, there was there you're, you have good action in here. Yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, ending being like uh, the the kind of climax between the fight between the two of them. Uh, but the ending that comes after that, where they where they yes. where he takes Killmonger out to see the sunset in uh in Wakanda which you know he had always heard from his father was the most beautiful place on the earth um you know it really does tie a nice bow around all the choices that were made by both fathers and both sons I think yeah no I that ending was good so again the little fight sequence which is a small portion of the film yeah uh, the giant CGI rhinos were good yeah I thought that was well done yeah um, yeah, so I don't I don't get that. I will say this, though. Uh, I do have a, a slight bone to pick. Yeah. Um, this film won the SAG Award for best stunts instead of Mission Impossible Fallout, well, I, I which mean. I call absolute horseshit. <laughs> Tom Cruise jumped out of a, pl- a halo jump plane. Uh, there was no CGI. This yeah. film, while amazing, did not have the best stunts I've seen on film. <laughs> It just it did not. But it was fantastic. And if you have not seen it and I know tons of people have seen this movie again, Academy Award nominee, uh, <clears throat> see it. It's the film, the Marvel film I'm most looking forward to um, once Endgame is done in, in terms than, of uh, Far From Home. Uh, yes, I, I, I yes. And I liked I liked the Spider-Man, but I the the last Spider-Man. But I really want to see. Uh, I just think Ryan Coogler is the best going right. If you had to tell me, uh, you know, if I had to pick, if you said pick like you get to p- pick three directors right now and that's all you're going to get to see, it would be him, Christopher Nolan and McQuarrie. McQuarrie. Yeah. But that's not really fair. It probably wouldn't just be Mc- because I would, that was the mission. But it would right. definitely be Nolan for just director. 
uh, it would be Nolan and Ryan Coogler now because I think he's just yeah. doing such and amazing stuff. And he's you so liked, young. If you like this movie and you like Creed, go see. I can't urge you enough. Go rent, find Fruitvale Station and watch it. It's it's Michael B. Jordan directed by Ryan Coogler telling the story of, of, of a guy who is uh, – Who's uh, shot in in Oakland at Fruitvale Station? It's an amazing movie. Yeah, he's just. He, I think he's the best. You know, he's. I still think he's only thirty, which is crazy. You know, maybe just slightly over that. He's he's unbelievable. Um. So yeah, highly recommend that. All right. So that is Black <clears> Panther. <throat> uh, again, uh, segueing now into our spanning the globe pop culture segment. Uh, ties right in. Um, because there was an Avengers new Avengers Super Bowl commercial. So why don't we instant reaction? Talk about uh, some of the Super Bowl trailers. Uh, commercials. Right off the bat, the Super Bowl was boring as God. Uh, it was absolutely hor- <laughs> horrific game. Yeah. Uh, the commercials were awful. I, I, I can't even – I don't even want to comment on the Maroon 5 uh, halftime show, which I saw about 30 seconds of. And I just uh, – no well, offense. I, I know there's a lot of people who like Maroon 5. Uh, I just – you need a more iconic band than Maroon 5 playing yeah. halftime. Well, and I, I, I think um, – I'm a little biased about the the Super Bowl the year before, but I, I think that was a much <laughs> it, it no, would have been that, hard that to was, live up the, to the that. The game, game was boring. The commercials were boring. Um, usually, we get great movie trailers. Uh, it used to be. Now I realize the world's a different place now. With yeah. um, you know, other than Katie DeSanto, most of us now know when movies are coming out long before <laughs> they come out. We've seen the trailers. We get the tickets, etc. Speaking of, uh, she will be joining us next week. Next week, yes, yeah, she will. Uh, so there, I saw that there was a couple. There weren't many. Uh, there was a new Avengers trailer, which was very short. Yeah, I, I, I at this point, I'm like, just stop. Just don't, don't. I don't think. I think this must be the bare minimum. Like they must say to like the Russo brothers, we've got to air something. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not giving you anything outside of like the first 20 minutes of the movie. I will say if you saw it, it it's got a very um, – a very almost post-apocalyptic, yeah. which is kind of weird because as somebody was pointing out to me, I was talking to somebody I work with and we had both seen that. Um, they're like half the people in the world are still alive. Yeah, but dude, that if you remember, what's it called? Was only, uh, what was the 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 show uh, on the HBO? Leftovers. The leftovers was two percent. True, true. I know. I thought there were some cool visuals in this trailer. So basically, <clears> the, <throat> this trailer is all voiceover, and it's everybody looking despondent, just like they did in the first one, which we right, did a right. very big analysis of. I did thought there was a couple cool shots, like the Statue of Liberty in the harbor where the boats oh, and were the all crashed. Was it and a, Mets, yeah, City Mets, Field, Mets City home Field. stadium yeah. is there, and um, somehow it survived. Well, no one's going. It looks someone like a mess. Someone, someone could argue maybe the stadium should have just disappeared. <laughs> it looked it, it looked as packed yeah, as a mess. Half game. half of the world disappeared, and the Mets still haven't won a World Series. The other so half of the Mets audio uh, <laughs> seats disappeared. Yeah, the other half are gone. Um, <laughs> but it was okay. But they're not showing much, and I'm with you. I wish I don't want anything more. I've actually no. maybe even seen more than I've wanted to see with that movie. Um, uh, a new thirty second Captain Marvel spot looked fine. 
still Again, yeah. I have my tickets. I have tickets for that already. I'll see it the first night. Probably the most intriguing one dropped the day before the Super Bowl, but then it was on the Super Bowl, which is Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, uh, <laughs> The Rock and Jason Statham. What were your thoughts of that one? My initial thought was it was just making me smile watching the trailer. It looks like the type of movie that um, doesn't care that it's going to be ridiculous. And my my second thought was Katie's going to love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think this looks like well, first of all, the first movie that immediately comes to mind uh, is Tango and Cash. One hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent Tango Cash. But even but more I ridiculous feel- with the action. Yes, I feel like there's a, a hint of one of our all-time favorites, Roadhouse, in there, too. Oh, like, yeah. they just know that this is uh, – I was actually talking to Jerry about this because um, he he and I are both Fast and the Furious fans. And uh-huh. we went and saw the very first Fast and the Furious, and, we've, and we were – and he brought up, and I completely <laughs> agree with him um, – have you ever – like, if you go back and watch that first film, yeah. it was like – about car racers. That's like actually a pretty like, good movie. Yeah, I think but it's it was, underrated. Yes, but it was like in a, a believable universe. <clears throat> yes. Like, you know, the guy was an undercover cop. Yeah. These guys were like boosting cars. Right. Now we've gotten to the point where Idris Alba, who score anything he's in is because he's amazing, is some kind <laughs> well, of villain. Which, oh, no, not Dark Tower. But I, to be fair, I didn't see the Dark Tower, so I don't know. I'm just going by. Neither did I. Trailer. We might need to watch that. Um. But now he's some kind of super villain and they're spraying him with something and his yeah. back's like now we've gotten to the point of like he's a super. Now there's superheroes in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, now, to be fair, the film jumped the shark long that series long ago yeah. when there was a car chase where they were being chased by a nuclear submarine in one of the previous films. But I don't care. I am all in anything that is close to tango and cash. Yeah, uh, I think is the disregard absolute. for human life in this film looks right up there with something like, I don't know, heat <laughs> like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love where, it. Where there's uh, just assault yeah, rifles in the streets. People. I mean, Idris Alba Statham is always amazing. <clears throat> um, the direct is uh, done some great stuff. You know, he's done some of the other Statham movies. I mean, you get The Rock, yeah. who you're hard pressed to find really The Rock putting in really bad performances. No, Though even I if heard, it's a like, bad movie. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those guys you enjoy. Yeah. Um, you enjoy watching in anything. So I thought that trailer was good other than that. But even that, you know, it's just really interesting. I always remember what, if I said to you, what do you think is the most memorable Super Bowl trailer of all time? What pops into your mind? Cause there's one that like, it changed the way films were advertised. Was it Cloverfield? It, no, it wasn't Clover. Well before that. I don't remember. Independence day. Ah, uh, you're they right. They blew up the, the White, White House. House. Nobody yeah. had ever seen and nobody <clears throat> knew anything about that movie. Right. And that was um, and then was it Rogue Nation Mission Pop a couple of years ago when um, they put the Ready or Not Rihanna song on. And it's like because Mission Impossible movies had made money and done well. Right. But they that one like the trailer. People were like, oh, my God, what like what is this thing? Yeah. Um, and that really because the last two movies made way more money than previous ones um, had because of it. But now I don't know. Maybe Super Bowl wasn't none of the commercials interest me. Um, yeah. It just it was maybe the game was dull. I don't know. 
just wasn't exciting. But we are excited for Avengers. We are excited for Captain Marvel. And hopefully maybe we could all get together and see Hobbs and Shaw over mm-hmm. the summer. That would be fun to do In. Uh, um, if we could do that. Uh, let's see. Fan question we had, but I don't think we set that up. We'll just bump it. No, that. we'll do that next week. We'll do that to next week. Uh, okay. <clears throat> now it's time for things we talk about over beer at Oscars. Oscars is still for sale. Yeah. Uh, if anybody is independently wealthy, again, Jim and I are attempting to form a trust uh, that will purchase it. I've also uh, talked to my – I want to uh, tie in my real estate lawyer, Dave Falcone, to see if we can get it um, – labeled as a historic landmark for tax purposes. Um, I, I don't know anything about real estate, but maybe we could work on that. Um, it to, is to, a, to, to like to leverage tax purposes. I think you need to be actually making money and yes. not wanting to like pay part of that money to the government for taxes. I really so don't want to say tax purposes. I'm yeah. not sure you know what taxes no, are. I don't even want to pay business tax of any type. I'm wondering if we could just have it operated um, just so it remains open. Is there somebody who just has a lot of money that doesn't care? Uh, it's certainly no, not. Me. I think everybody that has a lot of money cares a lot about their money. Yeah. Well, that's probably why they have a lot of it, which is why we're not going to be able to purchase it. All right. So here's our question. Uh, Would you rather be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, an Oscar winning actor or a New York Times bestselling author? Uh, Am I answering first? Yeah, you can ask first. Is is it the Oscar for best actor? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I'm going with that 100 percent. Okay. I think that's the that's the long game. That's the like even if the movie was small and I didn't make a lot of money, I think I could parlay that into a long, happy career in life. Whereas the other two, um, Super Bowl winning quarterback, yeah, I, I think after football is a really rough life for a lot of NFL folks. Um, yeah, Grant. it doesn't seem like it's the best route to be going. No, and then with the with the best selling author, mm, that's a tough one because that's sort of like that's sort of uh, you probably make a, a lot of money on that one book. Um, Maybe then, not then, even, by the way. Maybe yeah, not even. Yeah, and then you need to come if, back. If it's right? your first, if it's your first book deal, <clears throat> you're you're probably not right. making. Whereas if you win best actor, you're you're making twenty million your next picture, right? I mean. Depending, yeah. I mean, you're you're going to be able to if you very want to sell least, out a little bit. Look you at could, look at yeah. Adrian Brody. You could just be making direct to DVD movies and still making a lot of money. Well, you know, yeah. you don't even have to. You don't even have to. You're fine, right, probably. Right, right. Uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks not even in my wheelhouse. It's not even something I can <laughs> fathom. <laughs> Nick Foles is is going to get traded this year yeah i i that so i'm gonna have to take a pass on that one um oscar winning actor see here's the thing i don't i don't don't think i would like that life the the acting side of it that's not something that interests me much i would love to be a number one new york times best-selling author yeah just because i read so much i think there'd be something cool about that that would be like kind of to be able to say that mm-hmm. i mean obviously if you're an actor i just don't think the acting thing is viable um <laughs> but nor is writing a book but i think that's something that is at least 
I could grasp onto. I think that makes sense. I think we would both we we're both feeling the same thing is that we're we would probably be better. I'd probably be better at acting than the other two, and you'd probably be better at writing than the other two, right? Yeah, I listen. I know some. I've gotten lucky. I've met some New York Times number one <laughs> bestselling authors, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but from what I've learned from them, this is it's not the exciting life you would necessarily um, want to live. It's it's not as uh, until you get to like the Dan Brown or Stephen King level. The even the ones who there are a lot of New York Times number one bestsellers who aren't living the life you would imagine they were living. <laughs> yeah, you probably get a nice advance for your next book, but no you one would. you the, don't well, sign a contract that's like no, hey, you, you get twenty million these, no matter if this book is shit or great. Uh, a lot of these um, guys sign three book deals, so they if you're hitting on the first one, you're screwed. Uh, now Dave Falcone in chat mentioned our, our friend Donnie wrote a book and yeah. now I have do you remember the story about that book have I ever told you the story about this book well I I remember a little bit I mean he gave you a manuscript right yeah like he so gave... so so Donnie wrote this it was this sci-fi style book that he had been writing I don't know maybe he's still writing it this is uh god this is like 15 years ago yeah uh, so he was, he was working on this book and he said I have a manuscript that I would like you to read. And I said, well, you know, absolutely. I was in grad school. I said, I'll, I'll read this. I said, well, what do you, I don't read, he goes to me, I don't really read books. You know, I, I, I don't read books. I've never, I, I think he might've actually said he never read a book. Uh, of no, it. He, and read, I, he read. So, but you know, but he was making the point he doesn't read popular fiction. You know, right, that's right. not what he was doing and he was writing this. So I, I took said manuscript and I read it and I completely changed it, reorganized it and, made it readable. And then he just didn't want to hear that because there's about a hundred pages that really at the beginning before the story started, it was kind of like a, a Dune slash Lord of the Rings thing. I, I think I axed half the characters out, combined some people. And I don't think the book was ever finished. It's, it's one of those long lost projects that has always intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Donnie's novel and Keenan Laird's porch man. Movie. Script. Yeah. Script. Yeah. Those are two projects that I would like if I was independently wealthy, um, would put into production. Yeah. Probably. I, I would like to see I that. I mean, but to be, be fair, Porchman is sort of like just like Boo Radley and or the old yes. guy from Home Alone. Yeah, I think that's, into one. yeah, I think that was kind of I think that was kind of more viable. I think we could Yeah, have you done, get to the end, he's like, My yeah, son hates me. And he's yeah, like, Oh, I, now I get it. Why you sit yeah, on the porch? I, I think that um I think that would have worked. Yeah. Um so yeah, write a book. Writing a book is no easy task. By any stretch. I, it always impresses me when people do that. So, uh, OK, uh, now signs the apocalypse grows ever nearer. Uh, we will not be talking about smallpox this week, but there was a series, a chain of events that I found to be really intriguing. And I'm going to see if I can spin these three events into one pitch for a sci-fi movie. Um, see it. if this works, okay? Um, so a distinguished Harvard professor, Avi Loeb, has been saying over the past few weeks that there's a piece of extraterrestrial spacecraft uh, technology flying past the orbit of Jupiter right now. Now, other astrophysicists are saying, no, this is just, you know, a piece of rock or something, and he's claiming it is moving too fast for that, and this is some kind of alien spacecraft. Uh, this is a Harvard professor, so it's not like Alex Jones on a YouTube channel 
uh, you know, yeah. claiming it. Uh, but at the same time, so I read these articles kind of back to back to back. So this was a legitimate news article on mm-hmm. CNN, like this Harvard professor is coming out and saying it, then followed up by another article that says a hole has just opened under an Antarctic glacier big enough to fit two thirds of Manhattan, which is slightly terrifying because it's something like someone said 14 billion tons of ice that had disappeared as a result. Now, tied in with something I read from the Washington Post the other day, polar north, the true north has changed slightly. Okay, Isn't, isn't that supposed to be real bad? Yes. So my thought is here is our Gerard Butler, Jason Statham movie pitch. Geostorm. Geostorm 2. Okay. What is happening is is the space material has signaled the Earth Uh and Polar North moves slightly opening up the gate under the Arctic ice cap it's it's just it's just like coming home yeah and it's hitting the garage door button and opening up the garage door that is our sci-fi movie and then by the way all of that stuff is horrific okay there's these stories don't play out well now i would argue the first one is probably the least worrying because i'm sure it's not extraterrestrial um in nature uh the polar north shifting i'm slightly concerned about Though they did say that that alone could explain some of the jet stream changes and things like that that have been occurring. Just the idea of the the magnetic field changing. The the, the hole under the Arctic glacier that could fit two-thirds of Manhattan, I think, is probably a bit troubling. Yeah. If you own any Manhattan real estate. Because well, any that coast, is, coastal real yeah, estate, the water. Any coastal real estate, you yeah. could be in some serious trouble. Go see Venice if you've never seen it before it's gone. <laughs> it's a beautiful city. Yeah. And it will be underwater. Uh, so that's uh, signs of the apocalypse. But we could all have smallpox and it won't matter. Yeah. So, I mean, that that could happen and we'd be okay. Uh, We're going to bring back a segment that we used to do years and years and years ago on the old Late Night with Brian Costello show. Um We didn't do it every week, but uh, from time to time, um, someone would be labeled dumbass of the week. Uh, And I saw a a person who I I just want to share this story. Uh, This person just stands out above the rest. And I do already have one for next week's Valentine one as well. Excellent. excellent. Uh, So here's the story. A 27-year-old man from India. Uh, His name is Raphael Samuel um, has gone viral because he is suing his parents uh, and the rationale for his lawsuit is he didn't give explicit consent to be brought into the world. (laughs) His quote is, if we are born without consent, we should be maintained for our life. We should be paid by our parents to live. I want all children to understand that you do not owe your parents anything. I would say to them, if you want to do something for your parents, do it. If you don't, don't do anything for them. Uh, Raphael is part of a new group known as antinatalism, which is very popular, and it believes that it's morally wrong for people to procreate. And they're taking the nihilistic approach saying that humanity only brings about suffering. So I'm wondering if we could get like a cruise ship, okay? 
put the anti-nihilists with all the anti-vacciners on the cruise ship and sail them to that hole off the edge of the flat uh, earth uh, under the (laughs) to the arctic circle we could send them to the hole the giant hole in the arctic circle the alien ship could come down and take them away just an idea i am planning on within the next few years moving to wakanda because uh, everything seems very nice there. I'm not sure global warming affects the Wakandans. Um, it seems like a pretty good place. Yeah, it seems like vibranium might help us. Vibranium might help us. But, Raphael, good luck with your lawsuit against your parents. Yeah. Um, you know what bothers me? I feel like somebody in the U.S. will do this and they'll actually allow the, – a judge would actually allow this to go to trial. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, No. Uh, my favorite line is, if we are born without consent, we should be maintained for our life. We should be paid by our parents to live. <laughs> the world's ending pretty fast. Well, to be fair, we, we, to be to be fair to Raphael, we don't live in India, so uh, yeah, maybe that would be the uh, yeah. the point. All right, uh, five question time. What do we got for five questions? We have our uh, five questions broken. Uh, shape of water. Egg timing, masturbation timer. timer. Yeah. All right, what do we got? What are our five questions? Uh, Brian's answering this week, so I wrote these. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? Continuing the MCU with different actors as our superheroes. Uh, thumbs up for now. At some point, it's going to fall off the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe less so now with X-Men. Mm-hmm. And some of the other people coming in. Um, I'm okay if they don't go the recasting route. So if they're not going to reboot and recast, I'm okay right now. Okay. Would you rather be at the fire festival or have to go to a hobby horse competition? All right. So why don't you tell, explain to everybody what a hobby horse competition is? So a hobby horse competition is, um, what if you, you can go on YouTube and search hobby horse competition and you'll see it's, uh, what seems to be a bunch of, teenage and adolescent girls on hobby horses which is you know a broomstick with a horse head um jumping over things that a horse would typically jump over running around like they are riding a real horse yeah i found this interesting because this is the second hobby horse question we've had on five questions right then the other one does a hobby horse have a wooden dick (laughs) yes i forgot about that uh, I would go to the hobby horse competition. I think I, I want to compete in a hobby horse com- well, competition. You know, I originally wrote this question because I, I knew that you were obsessed with the fire festival yes. documentary, and I knew I wanted to get that in there. But then, as soon as you googled hobby horse competition and watched the video, you were like, "I was expecting you to be like, this is going to go in the signs of the apocalypse." No, you went, "I could compete in this. <laughs> I could compete in that. I, I should." <laughs> I think I could win. Yeah. That's right in my athletic wheelhouse, I think. I think mm-hmm. I could take on those. The Fire Festival, I would have liked to have been at the Fire Festival as like an observer. I would have liked to see the, the yeah. influencers melting down. You know, all the people wearing their like uh their high price clothing with their like bags that cost more than my house, um, freaking out, getting in the mud. These people, you have got to watch it when they start like these are uber rich people and they start stealing things and water yeah. and stuff from people yeah. like Lord of the Flies. 
it's it's amazing. Okay, it's absolutely amazing. Number three, fill in the blank. Blank will be best picture this year. Uh, I think Roma. Okay, I heard. I think I, I actually saw my first negative review of Roma yeah. and a few other people tagging on to it on Facebook and uh, some people I trust. So I, I, will, we'll, I don't know. We'll I just think I think that will win. I want. Um, I want the favorite to win. Would would Roma winning be unprecedented because of non theatrical release? Uh, it was released in some theaters. Okay. Okay. Uh, had to be or wasn't or not. But yes, it would be. I mean, nothing's ever been like that. I really loved the favorite. Um, do you know which one I don't? It is. Um, I can't remember. It is. Um, Green Room. I my mom saw that and really liked that. So if that one, I'd be OK with that. Uh, is the Freddie Mercury one nominated for Best Picture? Yep. I, I haven't seen that. I don't want that to win. I don't know <laughs> You've why. You've never seen it. I know. I just don't want it to win. You don't I, like I, Queen. I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't like biopics. Uh, I think Roma will win. I love The Favorite, so I'd like The Favorite okay. to win. I, I um, Or Green Book might win. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We're going to pick it. We're going to watch it. Um, okay. Uh, number four, favorite Oscar category. Uh, cinematography. Yeah, of course. I, I figured uh, you would. Um, but, yeah, I feel like. The I feel like the act I feel like cinematography and maybe sometimes the screenwriting one goes to the people who most deserve it. I feel like in the Oscar category, like the acting ones and the directing ones, too many times people are just given awards because who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, certain years. I I don't feel like that ever really happens in cinematography. Okay, cool. Like or or music's another one where I think usually the best song wins. And I like the categories where the stuff with that is truly the best actually wins. Yep. Uh, Deep thoughts. If you could be one character in the MCU, who would it be and why? Mm. Well, my favorite's Captain America. Mm. He's he's my favorite. Um, I don't think I'd want to be him. I'd really like to be like one of the the characters that doesn't have to fight or anything. I'm trying to think of a secondary character like John Favreau. I'd like to be happy. He seems like he's got a pretty good life going. You know, he yeah, just kind yeah. of chauffeurs people around. Um, who else has a, a pretty good life in the MCU universe? Um, Nick Fury's pretty badass. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what? I'd probably say Captain America. I like Captain America. He's my favorite. <coughs> I think if you got to be someone, there's nowhere. And Black Panther's my second favorite um, based on those. So yeah. one of those. Two. I'd have to go with, with Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, or, and or future Wolverine who when he enters the MCU. Yeah, That's I didn't even actually, think about that. Yeah. I'm so super Wolverine's excited awesome. for uh, Wolverine to enter the MCU if they can if they can make that happen. Uh, oh, it's super that, that is definitely happening. I'm I'm really intrigued to see who it's going to be. That's the other piece is that I Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is Wolverine. Like there is no it will be hard to to follow that up. Yeah. Cuz he well, really they, does embody the character so well. He looks so much like yeah. every drawing of Wolverine I've ever seen. Um so I, I don't know how they're going to pull that off, but it, it, yeah. 
Well, in Marvel's defense, they have I, – I really can't think of it miscasting or very much miscasting on their part. They've done a pretty damn good job um, in the MCU so far. Okay. I mean there's nobody who really stands out. But it, that's going to be a tough one because yeah. it is so iconic in terms of that. Uh, and that is five questions. Yeah. Um, recommendations? Um, Shit's Creek. I'm – we are watching uh, that on Netflix again. We're we're a little way through season two or three, mm-hmm. um, but if you want to know who ended up at the fire fire festival, the two kids on <laughs> Schitt's Creek are basically are the, at the fire. Oh festival. my god, yes! And and uh, but the, the whole premise of Schitt's Creek is that a very rich family loses everything, has to go to a town called Schitt's Creek, which they purchased years ago as a joke. Um, but it's the only thing that wasn't able to be repossessed from them was the actual ownership of the town, Shits Creek. <laughs> and they have to live there. Um, and Chris Elliott is the mayor. Uh, and Eugene Levy and Catherine, o- Catherine O'Hare, what, yeah. what was her name? Yes. Um, are, are the parents. And um, I, Daniel Levy is uh, Eugene Levy's son. Okay. They created the show together and he plays the, the son character. And it it's amazing. It's an amazing show. All right. Awesome. Uh, North by Northwest and Alfred Hitchcock. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Katie just put in chat. You keep using the acronym MCU like we all know what that means. And uh, I've okay. I apologize, Katie. The Dave agrees with her. So we have the folks that don't know how to use the Internet um, in chat tonight. But the MCU is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is all the movies that are, uh, you know, happening in the same universe as Infinity War, the Avengers. So thank you. Uh, For those of you who don't know, it's pretty cool. You can watch 20 plus movies that all take place in the same universe. (laughs) And if you do that and you watch all of them, you can drink from the Infinity Decanter that Jim has been. Which is really a stormtrooper head. Yes. But for our purposes, it's the Infinity decanter uh north by northwest alfred hitchcock absolutely love it um check that out uh miller light drinking it (coughs) stop the bud light attack on it and also uh just today it was released and i read it and it was really interesting uh it's not a hollywood inspired thing but matt betley who we talk about whose books i'm a big fan of and i know i wrote an article um on townhall.com about he's a veteran and he's um suffering from COPD, which is a respiratory um, disorder he got from the burn pits when he served in Iraq, Mm -hmm. which thousands of U.S. troops now are dealing with. Um, And he wrote about his experience of trying to deal with the VA and the government um, to help people with that and how it's not. So we don't do really political stuff here, but I think it's a lot of people, if you don't know, my dad has COPD as well, um, and it can really impact lives uh, significantly. And a lot of people who don't have military people in their family don't realize things like 9-11 cancer and all these other things yeah. are out there. And that, you know, soldiers who <clears throat> kind of volunteer their time are, are not really getting the treatment that they need just to live what we would even think of as normal lives. Right. right. Um, and it's a, so if you get a chance, I, I shared it. Uh, it's an interesting article to read uh, in terms of some of the challenges that those type of people are soldiers and veterans are facing in the country. Yep. So check that out. Uh, plugs. 
Follow us on Twitter and Majorscom. Uh, you can follow me at Soldier on TV. You can follow Brian at B Costello Books. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook right now, thank you. If you're listening to us on iTunes and all iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen, you can come join the conversation on Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com slash commajors. Excellent. Uh, next week is Valentine's Day. Uh, this year, our Valentine's Day movie and special is The Notebook. Um, so, you know, Nicholas Sparks um, film. I'm not happy and, about this. Well, it is. Valentine's it's your favorite Day. movie, isn't it? Besides- it is not my it is not my favorite movie. No, uh, I just thought it was. Nicholas Sparks, one way or the other. And in fact, is not my even favorite romantic film. Of course, that is the Robert Downey Jr., Sybil Shepard, uh, Ryan O'Neill, Mary Stuart Masterson classic, Chances Are. Uh, but I did not – I would not allow us to do that film because I know all you would do is mock and belittle that Hollywood classic. So I have instead, never we seen are doing, Chances Are. Well, it is a fantastic film, uh, one of the best Um so we are doing the notebook. Katie will be joining us. Mm-hmm. So you and Katie uh, can, you know, watch the notebook, experience Nicholas Sparks classic in all its joy, mm-hmm. a young Ryan Gosling, a young Rachel McAdams. Um, and, and they both uh, look I, exactly the same. Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, and I am predicting already uh, you will hate this film. Okay. You will you will hate this film. What do, I, I, I am assuming Katie has seen this. I don't know if she has. I or not. don't know if she would have seen this or not. Um, so I'm wondering if she is going to like it or not. I don't know. I saw this film on my first date with Aileen. Oh, good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah. So we hadn't watched it in a long time. So she watched this one with me. Uh, right. So that will be next week. We'll be back Valentine's Day. Um, and upcoming, just quickly upcoming, we have uh, in two weeks, we have Lord of the Rings, our 25th episode uh, extravaganza. And then the following week, uh, we are picking uh, our Jim and I are each picking a best picture uh, winner. And we're going to vote on which Hollywood classic we'll watch. So we have a yeah, lot of yeah. interesting things upcoming, but that's it for tonight. Or today or whenever it is you're listening to us. I have to remember people listen at different times. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.